All right, so the title of my talk is Learning the Lesson of the NDE Without Having an NDA, NDE, Overcoming the Fear of Death and Living Life Fully. So we're going to cover today in the next 30, 45 minutes or so is uh, my early life, I had a, a, an intense fear of death, and I'm going to talk about how that started. Uh, we'll talk about this thing called thanatophobia, which is the fear, an intense fear of death. We'll talk about what happens to those people who have an NDE, both positive and negative. There are some effects from an NDE that are not quite so pleasant. There may be a reason we don't want to have an NDE. We'll talk about the lessons that we can learn from an NDE. There are four major lessons that I want to cover. And then we'll talk about how this knowledge can change our lives, how having the knowledge of the, the lessons that are learned from an NDE can actually change the way that we go through our lives and how we live. So as I mentioned, I started off my life with a fear of death, uh, an, an intense fear of death. Now, I think it's natural to fear death to a certain extent. It's an, it's an unknown for one thing. And we're biologically programmed to fear death. Every living creature tries everything it can to keep living as long as possible. Now, I'm going to tell you about a few things that happened in my life that triggered some of these things. The first thing that I remember was when I was about eight years old, my grandfather was living with me. And my grandfather went back to visit his home in West Virginia and passed away suddenly of a heart attack. He was actually in church and passed away. So as an eight-year-old child, I'm like, we can actually just disappear. We can be here one day and gone the next. The other thing was I had a religious indoctrination. My other grandfather was a pastor. And I was taught about this God who was angry and that it created me and, and sin. So I feared God and I feared death. Because when I died, I was going to go meet this guy and be judged. So between all those things, you know, not knowing what, what death awaited for me, having this biological programming, of course, and these couple of events, I developed what I call thanatophobia. And I, I, don't, I don't call it thanatophobia. That's a, that's a term. But it's an irrational or disproportionate fear of death, especially one's own. Now, again, I think it's quite natural to fear death. And I think all of us have a little bit of a fear of the unknown. But for me, it got to the point where it was debilitating. I was having panic attacks. I couldn't sleep at night. So it really was something I had to figure out. So I went on a journey of discovery. I realized that if I'm going to keep fearing this thing that I know is going to happen to me, I've just got to face it. The only way to get through it is just to go through it. So I started studying and I studied everything I could find on the afterlife. This has started from the time I was probably in my 20s or 30s. So I studied things like mediumship, you know, not studying it from a point of like, I'm going to become a medium, but is mediumship real? Um, my background, I'm an engineer, I'm a chemical engineer. So I thought, has science, can science tell us anything about this? So speaking of mediumship and science, the first book I ever read on the afterlife was The Afterlife um, Experiments by Gary Schwartz, Dr. Gary Schwartz, who's still all these years later, still doing research on these, on these things. And I have to be working with uh, him on the cell phone project now. Interesting little coincidence. I started studying after death communications. You know, is there anything that we can do? Do people, when they cross the side, do they communicate with this anyway? And the answer is yes, they do through things like electronic voice phenomenon, through other instrumental trans communications, through dream visits, through other types of visits. So we do have contact with people on the other side. Um, now, again, I told you I grew up with the religious background, and that was interesting to me, but I wanted to know if there was more. So I studied all this stuff. Uh, parapsychology, what does that tell us about, you know, what happens to us after we pass? 
More recently, quantum mechanics is telling us more and more about how consciousness is a big part of our universe and not just consciousness, it rises from the material, but maybe it's the other way around. Maybe the material actually rises from consciousness. And I found out there are people, very serious scholars who do believe this along with the ancient mystics who have told us this since the beginning of mankind. So these are some of the things that I was looking into. I looked at other religions and philosophies. I, I, I was raised as a Christian, but I realized early that I, I was only a Christian because I was born a Christian. So what did other people around the world, what did they figure out about this stuff? So I studied a little bit about Buddhism. I studied a little bit about Hinduism. I studied Taoism. And I found out the more I studied these things, the more similar they were. And, and different people all around the world had come to the same conclusions. And one of those conclusions is that we are consciousness. We are consciousness that a lot of times people believe precedes our birth into this life. And every major religion teaches that we, we exist after this. And then more recently, I found out about this, I, this philosophy called idealism, which is the idea that consciousness actually precedes the material. And this is not just a religious belief. This is actually a philosophy that is rational, that people have said this, this makes sense. And the more I looked at that, the more that that made sense to me. And of course, I studied the near-death experience. Now, all the other things that I've studied, the things that, are, that I've talked, I've listed on this list that are, I think are really important and really compelling, probably the most compelling evidence, I think, for the afterlife is the near-death experience. You know, if you want to know about something, talk to someone who's been there. And for most of us, we haven't been there. We haven't been to the other side. And we actually forget when we come here where we came from. So the near-death experience of someone who can actually cross over and come back and tell us what it's like, I find that to be very compelling. And particularly with vertical near-death experiences where people go over there and they can say, okay, while I was unconscious, I saw you know, this happening in the room and they can confirm that something else was happening in the room while they were supposedly dead or something that maybe even happened across the world or across the country. So I really found the near-death experience to be one of the biggest drivers in helping me understand and get over my fear of death. So as I mentioned, you know, I had this fear of death. Um, I mentioned my grandfather passing. There was also an event where my, my uncle was murdered. Suddenly this happened when I was in my uh, early mid thirties and that compelled me to do my studies even more. So I'm studying all this and I was getting, you know, pretty comfortable with the idea that we survive uh, physical death. And then, uh, as Calvin alluded to in my introduction, on June 24th of 2015, my then 15-year-old daughter, Shana, passed away suddenly, uh, just, like, just like my uncle and just like my grandfather. She was, she was here one day, and she was literally gone, and actually passed away in her sleep. So when this happened, I had all these studies. I had all this, all this uh, intellectual information, but now I had to put it to the test. Now I had to see how is this going to affect the way I go forward in my life. And at this, up to this point, studying the afterlife was kind of a casual thing. I it was casual as I can be about things. I was doing all kinds of reading and research, but when Shana passed away, it just took off like a rocket. I mean, I started studying the afterlife and death like it was my job because literally it was the only thing that was keeping me staying on this planet that I, to, to understand where did she go? Am I gonna see her again? Can I communicate with her? all those types of things. 
so that that propelled me to do even more studies. So I started um, listening to podcasts. And I'm saying these things to suggest to people, I know everybody here is pretty well versed in the afterlife. But if you want to find more evidence, I'm just telling you it's out there. There's tons of it. Um, so I started listening to podcasts. Uh, I actually started doing my own podcast. And I have a podcast now I've recorded almost 150 episodes. Um, I interview people like Kelvin. Kelvin's been a guest on my podcast. Uh, people who are afterlife experts, people that are experts in consciousness, people that have gone through grief events, and of course, people who have had near-death experiences. I've talked to, you know, probably a couple of dozen people uh, at this point who have had near-death experiences to try to learn, you know, what did they find out from this? How did it, how did it affect their life? Of course, I read a lot of books. Uh, you know, I, I was mentioning Bruce Bra uh, Grayson was on here before me, people like him. Kenneth Ring, PMH Atwater, you know, their books are really, really helpful to people like us who haven't had these experiences understand, you know, what they're like. Uh, I started attending in conferences. I went to Helping Parents Heal Conference, the Afterlife uh, Research and Education Institute Conference. I've done the Afterlife Conference with Terry Daniel a couple of times. So these are some of the things I did to immerse myself in, in understanding this. And I joined uh, Helping Parents Heal. Um, IANS is a great resource. Again, I'm preaching to the choir here. But for me, um, one of the only local meetings I've gone to is I went to the local IONS meetings here when we were having them for a couple of years. And I, I am so grateful to people that have had these experiences that allow people like myself who are non-experiencers to share in your experience, to understand and to learn from that. And I, when I would go to these meetings, sometimes I felt a kind of little bit out of place, but people were always very welcoming me. So I would say to anyone, if you haven't had an experience and you want to go to a local IONS group or you want to go to the online IONS groups, the ISCO or ISGO, uh, do that. I've found that to be extremely helpful in my journey. And I'm also a member of the Soulful Foundation. And again, studying near-death experiences. I, I can't get enough of near-death experiences. I, I listen to them on podcasts. I read books. I've been to the NDERF website and you know read about lots of them. Um, so I really made studying the afterlife, studying death, my life. And this is what, this is what I'm doing now is trying to help other people, um, understand and go through that. So let's talk about the near death experience. Um, the thing that's interesting to me about the near death experience is while in some ways they're unique, um, I feel like they're tailored and, and it seems like they're kind of like dropped into people's lives when they need them. And you can look at them on the surface and say, well, they're all different. Sometimes people find themselves, you know, alongside a river. Sometimes people find themselves on a beach. Sometimes people find themselves in a rural setting. Sometimes they're in an urban setting. So in that way, they're, they're kind of different, um, but they're also universal. There are some universal lessons from NDEs and there are some common elements, as I'm sure you're all aware. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how snowflakes are different or unique. We know that all snowflakes are unique. That's an interesting thing. They're all ice crystals, but they each have a unique path to the ground. And it's that path to the ground that forms that snowflake into a unique, um, a unique thing. And I think the NDE is kind of like that. It's tailored, but it is kind of the same substance. There are some common things that we see in the NDE, and that's what we're going to talk about now. So what are the effects of an NDE? Um, there are positive effects, and there are not so positive effects or negative effects. One of the positive effects of an NDE, and this is almost universal, is someone who's had an NDE no longer fears death. Now, I'll hear people say, I 
fear maybe the way I'm going to die. I fear that maybe the process of dying. I don't want to go through pain or suffering. But the idea of ceasing to exist just disappears from their mind. And it's not something that people fear. I've even heard people that have had NDEs say they look forward to, to going home again. So that's one of the positive aspects of it. Um, a lot of times with NDEs, there's a renewed sense of purpose, or maybe just for the first time, there's a sense of purpose. I feel like I know why, why I'm here. I feel like my life has meaning. I feel like, you know, there's a reason for the things that I'm going through. Uh, a lot of times people have NDEs come back and they're more loving. They will tell us that everything is about love. It's, it's, and it, it's kind of wild. It's almost like they're you know, like tripping out sometimes when you we hear them talk so much about love and, and that's it. They're like, that's, that's it. That's the lesson is love. Um, a lot of times they'll come back. They're less materialistic. They're not as tied to the material things of this world. And people tend to come back and be more forgiving. Well, we understand that we're not judged and I'll, I'll get in more in detail with that, what that means later on. But there's some things about the NDE that aren't so positive. Um, the divorce rate of people who have NDEs can go up pretty dramatically. Uh, this has been done by research, has been shown by research. People can feel disoriented in this world. They may feel uh, so they no longer connect with people that they connected with before. This is one of the things that contributes to the divorce rate. Their friends and family might say, hey, you're different. We don't like the way you are now. You're just, you're not the same person because a lot of times they're literally not the same person they were before. They may feel misunderstood. They may feel like they can't share their experience. And sadly, I've even been to IANS meetings where I've heard people say, I just don't feel like I'm ready to share this yet because they don't know how well it's going to be accepted. On the other hand, sometimes people have NDEs and people, everybody expects them to suddenly be a saint. So it's like, well, what do you mean you're angry or what do you mean that you're frustrated? You shouldn't be that way anymore. Now you're, you've had this spiritually transformative experience. You should be a different person. So this world can be very confusing and disorienting after having an NDE. Um, you can be rejected by professionals. People have been committed to psychiatric wards because they've had an NDE and people say there must be something wrong with you. They don't want to share with their doctors because their doctors will tell them that, well, you just had an, an hallucination for something that they know is very real. So there's a sense of rejection. Um, and speaking of rejection, sometimes people that have an NDE can feel rejected by heaven. It's like, I've been, I've been there and I wasn't allowed to stay, you know, so that can be a rejection. Sometimes people have NDEs can become overly sensitive to stimulation. I heard someone, I just saw someone in the chat as we were, before I was coming on, say that they have uh, sensitivity to bright light. So they have to wear sunglasses all the time. Sensitivity to noises, sensitivities to certain foods. Um, so people that have had NDEs can physically have trouble getting along in this world. Um, they'll damage computers. <laughs> they can't have a computer for very long because they'll break. Uh, they can't wear a watch because their watch will not work anymore. So they can have these little annoying things and sometimes even bigger things that can cause you know living in this world uh, cause difficulty there can be depression after an nde um, there can be disrupted careers people can't focus on their careers anymore uh, again these things can lead to things like divorce like we talked about earlier and according to the work of pmh atwater it takes the average adult seven to ten years to integrate the nd experience Children even longer can take children, you know, almost a lifetime to integrate the NDE experience. So the reason I put this up is the topic of my title, my talk is how to have, you know, learn the lessons from an NDE without having an NDE. A, a lot of times people that don't know a lot about this will look at someone that's had an NDE and say, wow, you're, you're really lucky. I really wish I could have what you have. 
And say that to someone who's had an NDE and then listen to what they say back to you. And 99% of the time they'll tell you, no, you don't, you do not want to go through what I went through. The good news is we don't have to go through what a person that had an NDE went through because I believe the NDE is a universal lesson. And again, I'm so grateful for the people that have had them sharing those lessons with us. And Ken Ring's research has shown that by studying NDEs, we can actually garner the benefits of the NDE without having the negative aspects of it, or at least avoiding a lot of those negative aspects. And I, I guess I failed to mention the physical ailments can linger. So a lot of times people have NDE because of oxygen deprivation can end up with, with brain damage that can linger on. So there are lots of lessons from the NDE. My time is limited today. So I want to cover four of them really quickly. So one of the lessons that people learn from the NDE, or we can learn from the NDE, is living with a purpose. When we come into this world, sometimes we can get so caught up in it, we forget why we're here. What is the purpose of being here? And a lot of times people, when they have an NDE, they will, they will see their own particular purpose, but they'll also see the purpose of life in general. Um, and, and people that'll come back and they'll say, the things in this world that, that seem so random when we're here, when I had my life review, they all made sense to me. Um, I remember Mary Neal was talking about when she had her NDE, she could see the ripple effect of her actions. I believe she set out to like the 35th level. So when we're in this world, it's like, like a tapestry. If you look at a tapestry, the back of a tapestry is just a mess. You look at, you flip it over in the front and you can see the beautiful pattern. And when we cross back over and we see our life in hindsight, we can start to see there's purpose in it. And by having that purpose, it, it makes our lives much more fulfilling. Now, if you're an older person like I am, I, I just turned 60, you can start to look back on your life and you can start to see some of these patterns. I mentioned earlier, my grandfather passing away when I was young, my uncle passing away, even my daughter six years ago passing away. Because I've integrated a lot of these lessons of the NDE, I can start raising my consciousness a little bit and starting to see from the, those things from a higher level. So when things happen to me, the question is not like, why did this happen to me? But what does this mean? Why did this happen for me? What's the purpose of this? So those are questions that someone who studied the ND or had an ND can, can, um, can ask themselves. Um, another lesson from the ND is forgiving. Uh, it's really important uh, as human beings that, that we learn to forgive each other and that we learn to forgive ourselves. And we can be very, very hard on each other and we can even be harder on ourselves. So when people do have an NDE, a lot of times when they have that life review, they realize there's no one judging them. I mean, they, they might judge themselves. They may say, I could have done this a little bit better, but they realize that, you know, that forgiveness is really important and that we are all perfectly imperfect, that we are designed to, to, to fail and to learn. You're not really, if you're not ever failing a test, you're not really taking a test. So people that have had NDEs a lot of times, and again, this is not always, but a lot of times they just learn to, to live life with a little bit more, um, ease and not and not to hold grudges against people and again against themselves when you have an nde you can learn to trust more to trust completely and when i say trust i mean trusting that the universe is a benevolent place now for some of us that's a really weird kind of concept i was always taught that the universe was random at best and maybe kind of out to get me i'm a, I'm a glass half empty kind of person i always have been like looking for the worst and expecting the worst but again, from studying people who have NDEs, they're like, everything that's happening is happening for a reason. Everything's fine. It might not look like it's fine, but everything is the way that it's supposed to be. 
and trust that. And this is a concept that if we can learn to live with makes our lives so much easier, so much more joyful. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to have bad days. It doesn't mean we're not going to have times when we're worried about things. But we kind of know in the back of our mind, it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. Um, and we can learn from the NDE to love unconditionally. I mentioned earlier, it, it, it almost seems cliche, but every person I've talked to that's had an NDE, they just talk about this all the time. It's all about love. We are all, um, in, in, a, in a very real way, we're all one. So whatever I do to you, I do to myself. Um, we, we, we receive this unbelievable, unconditional love when we're on the other side that I've heard is indescribable. Um, and we want to experience as much of that as we can here. And we want to give as much of that as we can while we're here. So these are the four that I've chosen to focus on today that, that are the four major lessons from the NDE. So breaking this down a little bit more, the sense of purpose. If you have a sense of purpose, it can give you a renewed zest for life. I mean, sometimes, frankly, we're going through life, we're just like, we feel like we're sleepwalking. We're like, we're just passing time. We're just checking off the boxes. We're just, you know, sometimes maybe even waiting for the end. But people that have had the NDE, sometimes they'll say, I, I just have a renewed zest for life. I heard a woman say her, her mother had passed away. This is just very recently. And she had an NDE after her mother passed and she saw her and she had lost all zest for life. She's like, I'm just done. I don't, I don't even want to be here anymore. But she saw her mother in the NDE. And this was just a very quick thing. She's like, she had the NDE. She was out of her body, saw her mother, heard everything was going to be okay. And she came back and now it's like, I'm good. It's like that little refresher that says I'm okay now because I know that my life has meaning. A lot of times people that have had an NDE will go on a mission. A lot of people speaking here this weekend uh, at IANS are people that have had NDEs that never thought they'd be public speakers. They never had any desire to do this. Um, they, they, but they just feel like I've got something that I have to share. I have, uh, this happened to me for a reason. I need to tell people they become uh, evangelical in the sense of the literal sense of the word, which is spreading the good news. They, they, I, I've got to tell as many people as I can about this fantastic news. We can see the bigger picture in pain and suffering. It doesn't mean that we're not going to suffer. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have pain. But when we do, we can step outside of it and see the bigger picture. And now you like to use it's like, you know, when we go to the gym and you work out, you might be in pain while you're working out. You might be in pain the next day because your muscles are sore. But you know your muscles are sore because you're building something and you and you that pain is kind of you almost embrace it because you know it's it's benefiting you. So when we have this lesson from the NDE, when we know that our pain in our life is for a reason, it, it helps us to transcend that at least a little bit. And by that, we keep life's troubles in perspective. We we say, okay, this is a temporary thing. Everything here is temporary. I'll all about it. So if it's if we're going through good times, that's fantastic. We embrace them even more because we know that they're fleeting. If we're going through bad times, we know that nothing lasts forever. So we can get through that bad time because we have perspective. So in my case, the ultimate, when my daughter passed away, you know, the first thought is I'm never going to see my daughter again. I've heard so many parents say this and it, and it breaks my heart. I'm never going to see my loved one again. And I, I, Try not to use that language because I will see my daughter again. I won't see her again while I'm in the flesh, but I will see her again. And she's still with me. So by keeping that perspective, it helps me to get through the things that I have to go through. And uh, I think I actually used this quote in, my, in the bio that I gave Kelvin early because I love this quote. He who has a why to live 
to live for can bear almost anyhow. If we know that the pain we're going through is serving a purpose, if we know that there's an end, if we know that there's a reason, human beings are remarkably resilient. So just give us a reason why, and we can endure pretty much anything. Second lesson from uh, the NDE is forgiveness. Um, again, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier, when people have an NDE, most often you hear they say, I, I wasn't judged. You might hear about a life review, but they're the ones doing the review. And it's not a harsh thing. It's, it's a gentle thing. So we realize that there's no one here to judge us. We're not, we're not, we're not going to be judged. We shouldn't be judging other people. So by doing this, our relationships with other people can be so much better. And we can look at people, even people that may be really annoying us and just saying, you know, they just don't know what they're doing. You know, as Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. We can say, okay, that person, they're just not a very evolved soul. So, you know, bless them, pat them on the head, send them on their way, but we don't need to hold a grudge against them. And again, if everything serves a higher purpose, it's harder to hold a grudge. Even people that do bad things to us, that serves a higher purpose. And I was listening to a podcast this morning. I'd done with, with Heidi Craig. Um, she's a near-death experiencer. You guys probably know her. Uh, and she talks about how her father was literally a pedophile. But she's like, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be the person I am now. So when we can look at people and say, you know, what you were doing, you were playing a role. It's, it's a, it sucks. It's a terrible role you are playing a role, it makes it easier to forgive us, forgive them if, if that's something that we choose to do. And again, the realization that we're all perfectly imperfect. We're all here to learn. We're all here to grow. We're all going to make mistakes. Uh, we, we oftentimes think about, think about the things that people do to us. We don't usually think about the things that we do to other people. So when we're stumbling around through this life, we're causing pain to other people too. So we forgive others and we forgive ourselves. That's one of the lessons of the NDE. Trusting. Now, this has been a difficult, difficult thing for me to be a trusting person. I, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm a glass half full, half empty kind of person. I'm a worst thing's going to happen kind of person. So this, this has been the hardest thing for me to learn, but I've been working on it. And again, going back to the interview I did with Heidi, she, she was like, everything is as it should be. Everything will be as it should be. And I, I remember her saying that these are the couple, two of the three lessons she learned from her NDE. And I'm like, wow, if I could just remember that all the time, if I could always remember that everything is as it should be, then I could trust more. And, and that's, so that's one of the things that we come back to and we try to uh, uh, put into our minds, everything will be as it should be. So not only is everything okay now, but everything that will happen will be okay. And that we are unconditionally and incredibly loved and that, and that, this life is a temporary experience and we will someday all leave this life and be back home where we were from. And so whatever we go through here is, is in the scheme of things, not that big of a deal. Everything is temporary. And uh, another quote I love from uh, John Lennon, everything will be okay in the end. If everything is not okay, it's not the end. So when you're going through difficult times, you don't like where you are and you feel stuck. That's okay. It, it, it's okay because you're not always going to be there. You're not always going to be stuck. So it's just a matter of writing it out. Um, and I, I remember a long time ago, I was in this exercise program. And they were like, the, the slogan was, 
I can endure anything for 30 seconds. So you're doing your workout and it's like, I can endure this. So when you're going through your life, it might be longer than 30 seconds, but you can endure what you're going through because you know that it's going to be okay in the end. And then the last lesson is to love unconditionally. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we are literally all one. And the more that I, I study this and the more I hear about this from people that have had NDEs, um, I remember one person I was interviewing said that they saw all these other people and they were on the other side and they're like, but I'm not sure if they were them or, or they were me or there were other aspects of me because we were all just that close. And uh, I've, you know, from uh, there's a, a series of book called The Team that I've, I'm like obsessed with. And they talk about how we're all, you know, integrated, we're all together. So in a sense, we're all literally one. And if you start to really embrace that, if you start to embrace that, Whatever this big thing is that makes up the cosmos, that we're all part of that. We're all fragments of that, if you want to look at it that way. We're cells in a body. There are lots of different analogies we can use. It makes it hard not to love your fellow man. Sometimes we might not like them so much, but you really understand that, you know, we really need to love each other because we're all together. And again, when we have that, that crossing, we receive that unconditional love. and We understand what that's like, and we want to experience that. And the way to experience that is to give it out. If you go around and you, and you love everybody unconditionally, you'll feel that love coming back to you. And what we do to others, we actually do to ourselves. So keep that in mind. And, you know, and if, if not that, if that doesn't motivate you, also keep in mind that many people that have had uh, life reviews say they got to experience what the other person experienced when they put them through a moment in time. So whatever you're putting other theories right now, someday you may be sitting there and feeling that. And I got to tell you, that's a real motivator for me. When, I, when I'm living my life now, I, every day I'm like, okay, how is this going to play out my life review? I'm like trying to leave little breadcrumbs for myself when I do my life review. It's like, I want to I put something good in here. So I want to try to make somebody feel good today because not to get a reward necessarily other than just I'm going to feel that when it comes back to me when I do my review. And everything is love. It's like, again, it's, this is something that's a concept that I'm coming more and more to. It's not just a saying. It's, you know, everything is consciousness, but another word for consciousness is love. And so once we start to really grasp that and integrate it and make it a part of who we are, then that's, that's, um, that can just become part of our everyday life. So I want to give you some additional resources. Um, these are... Uh, some of the books I took some of the information from the day, uh, Lessons from the Light by, by Ken Ring. I highly recommend it. Thanks, Calvin. Um, I highly recommend Lessons from the Light. You can, and, and as, as Kenneth figured out, you can actually have the effects of an ND without having an ND. And that's what this whole talk has been about. Uh, 10 Life-Changing Lessons from Heaven. This is a book by a guy named Jeff Jansen. He, he studied like 2000 NDEs. He broke them down by categories. I went through four basically lessons that he he outlined. There's ten in that book. I, I do recommend that book. It's uh, it's it's a great uh, way to, to really integrate this stuff into your life. Uh, Near Death Experiences: The Rest of the Story by PMH Atwater. Uh, great book. Uh, and as I said, I'm following Bruce Grayson here. Can't believe I'm following Bruce Grayson, but Bruce Grayson, uh, anything that he's written about NDEs can be very very helpful to you. And with that, I just want to let you guys know, if you want to know more about me, you can find me at www.grieftogrowth.com. Uh, I'm Brian Smith, and I thank you for listening.